0: afternoon and it is Leanne Antoine from Distinct Physiotherapy right here on Jack Chew's Chew It Over. Um, I'm so pleased to have you back on what is my second show. I am here every second Tuesday uh, of the month. Uh, Privileged to to take this platform and have some awesome conversations. Um, Just in terms of getting you all engaged, I would love to know and if you could pop it in the chat um, section just let us know where you're listening in from where you're watching from it'd be great to know who it is that we're attracting on these shows where you're coming from and also then really throwing you and keeping you engaged in terms of you asking us some questions and us really getting that out there to our guests now as my shows are only on every, every um second tuesday once a month I, feel like i'm chasing things a little bit so things arise and i think oh i want to talk about that now uh, right now and then i'm not on for another three weeks i would um and that may well be that the way that things go but at the time uh, when i asked this lovely person to come onto the show with me there there was and have been some issues within physiotherapy that i think some of us are really tackling in the public eye and i'm really proud of the way that physiotherapy as a whole is handling this particular matter. So today's show is about physiotherapy in the public eye. And I've brought on with me Ashley James, um, who is um, the National Clinical Lead uh, of Education for Connect Health. He is chilled out, laid back, but his opinions and his values are one that I think that we hold very highly within our physiotherapy profession. So without further ado, I will be bringing uh, Ashley onto the to the stage of the platform. Hello. Hi, how are you doing?
1: I'm not too bad at all. Not, I don't think I've ever been described as chilled out before, but I like it, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, in the interactions that we've had, <laughs> I, I have. That's how I have found that you have, have come across, and I think um, actually, even if we're not chilled out as people, I think by nature being able to, to have that ability for our patients is, is quite positive. And, and you have a you have a, a national role, so there's no way you could be taking on uh, such responsibility without um, without being relatively chilled and being able to make some constructive decisions. Would I be right in saying that?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I am pretty. I'd like to think I'm pretty calm. Very calm and
0: collected. Um, one of the reasons, I mean, one of the, the triggers I suppose that, that brought me in, brought, encouraged me to ask you to join me was we had contributed to an article. Um, and, and interestingly, it was not like we had collaborated before that article went out. So yeah. it wasn't like we got to hear your version and then my version, uh, and then did we agree or not agree? literally i have an independent conversation with a journalist you have an independent conversation with a journalist and that journalist goes away and forms this article out of you know what is maybe 20 or 30 minutes conversation with me and possibly 20 30 minutes conversation with you what i really want to draw on is what you think um has been pivotal for us making an appearance as physios as a profession in the public eye so these publications being on the news what do you think that is currently doing for us as a profession
1: yeah i think on the whole it's up you know it is absolutely positive um, but it's you know it's always about getting the right people and, and when i say the right people um, i mean you know i'm i'm really passionate about public health um, and, and evidence-based practice so for me it's really important that we put the people that are going to be champions of those things in the public eye for it to be a positive thing. And I, I know we've spoken before and the way that you've described there, how we often work in the media is is very true. So I'll have an independent conversation. Uh, someone else will have an independent conversation. And, I, and I've actually in the past and, and obviously not in our article, um, when I first started, what I found was often what would happen is I would give my 20, 30 minutes and they would use maybe two or three lines from that in, in what I'd said but it would be thrown in the mix with, you know, lots of other professions, lots of other people. And the the overall message that came out, in my opinion, for the public was very confusing. And, and I don't feel like that's particularly helpful overall. So what I do much more often now is is ask the journalist who else is collaborating and and try and get a sense for what the angle is of that media story so that, if it's going to be kind of me versus someone else, and they're trying, they, what they, the term they often use is they're trying to balance views. So they're trying yeah. to get two opposing views. So they, so the journalist in in all fairness, feels like they're getting a, a nice balanced overview of what that issue might be. But actually what that ends up being is just mixed messages for the patient or the reader or the, the person reading that and, and not on the whole helpful. So I try and now and collaborate um, on, media pieces or get involved in media pieces where I know that everyone involved is buying into the same message. And and overall, even though we might say slightly different things, um, the overarching message is the same. And I think that's what those types of messages are really positive to have in the media because the reader goes away or the consumer of that media goes away with a real clear message from a group of professionals all saying the same thing. Which is much different from a group of professionals saying different things just to be have a balanced view. So um, I think physios in the media is is on the whole very positive, uh, and it will continue to be if we do it in the right way. And 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 in my opinion, that is the direction that we we should be going. Um, I think topically, um, obviously, in the moment, there's been some really good exposure, and the CSP John Ryan's team have really highlighted the brilliant work some of the the physios have been doing on the front lines during COVID and I think the more that that's referred to the better you know the more people see you know, and, and obviously doctors and nurses have done an outstanding job in, in all situations but the NHS isn't just doctors and nurses you know there's, there's a great group of allied health professionals and, and non-clinical staff members that have contributed to the COVID effort and, and, and if we can recognize that more often you know people like Rachel Moses have been brilliant in the media um, you know getting yeah. the voice out yeah. for physiotherapy so yeah I think more of that is great um, and, and and how we do it is key I think.
0: I, I feel like I mean you, you've drawn on quite a few things there and I almost wish I was you know t- taking more notes as, as we went but but still wanting to to keep captive what you're saying. But fundamentally there are a few things so firstly you know this this ethos this value and and for me, just as who I am, you know, and I say to people all the time, like, how you meet me on screen is how I am off, off screen. I'm the same person. And I think how we show up in one place is exactly how we show up in another. So if your values around certain topics um, you know, are not necessarily cohesive or there's things that are a bit dysfunctional in that and then you're contributing to a piece that's going to be viewed by 6.6K people or whatever it is, there's a there's a definite issue with that, and I think that there's it's the consistent nature then of why certain journalists will use a recurring person because obviously then you you ended up after that on the the BBC Click show the consistency of your message then gives the journalist some direction. I know that there's a, like Prima Magazine or technical magazines that I've I've been referred to and they come back time and time again because I'm consistent. You know? I my mean, message doesn't suddenly change based on what's happening in our society or, or in our world and if it does change it's relatively it's relative to that circumstance or situation and i think that's important you know the classic topic with working from home and the bbc article uh, with back pain and covid was you know there was lots of talk about you know the fact that we didn't nobody said the word posture nobody said the word posture oh my god nobody said the word posture and i think that <laughs> There was lots of noise about that on Twitter, but I think that within that, and probably because of the way we work, I can't speak for exactly how you work, but it's about applying tasks to people that are, that they can functionally apply to their day-to-day life. And for me, and I'm not dismissing, you know, the educational component of it. I mean, you're, you're a clinical lead and, and doing your, your PhD, but, but we have to be able to transfer that, Sweet information, that is the research, to the practical implementation for the end user, which is our patient. And if we can't do that well, the, the research cannot stand on its own, it, it, especially if it's not being applied. It almost becomes quite redundant in a sense. This stuff has to make sense to our, our patients. And actually, I probably challenged journalists who were thinking about publishing things in the health space that were controversial. Because actually, at the end, what does that end user really go away with? The other yeah, thing and, and you... I... sorry, yeah, go on.
1: No, I, I think it's a really, really important point to make in that we, we've got to make our messages palatable. And I think particularly in the MSK space uh, and, and certainly on the things that I talk about, um, mainly around back pain, work, um, you know, neck pain, the 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 historical kind of media exposure to those things is always about quick fixes, you know, this miracle back pain mm-hmm. cure, miracle pain mm-hmm. cure. That That's the kind of stuff that's been in the media and kind of gets headlines. And I think what we struggle with as evidence-based practitioners is how do we make moving regularly, making sure, you know, <laughs> we're, we're generally healthy doing a bit of exercise. How do we make that interesting? Um, and I think that's why it's important to get the right people in front of the media. It's not about people who can regurgitate the research or, or people who can um, might be excellent in front of patients um, and, and excellent clinicians. But when it comes to translating that message, um, you know, in an interview, struggle to do that. So you're absolutely right. It's about getting that message right. So it's meaningful. for. And, and that's why I've you know, said I'm not doing some articles, because I think that confusing message doesn't help. For me, the, the message that needs to come out of every media piece needs to be clear and palatable by the individual. And, and it always amazes me that actually what I am saying does come across as controversial sometimes that, you know, posture doesn't necessarily matter that much and movement is a good thing to do. Um, journalists are, are starting to latch on to that because it seems controversial because it's <laughs> counterintuitive to what most people believe. But it's about being able to say it in an interesting way. Um and I'm not saying that I do that all of the time, by the way. Um, no? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that's the difficulty we've got, I think, in that some of our fundamental messages are not that exciting to, to the everyday person. And I think we need to make them exciting in ways that, that patients can receive well.
0: This is interesting because, um, you know, when you highlight um, We know that within the NHS, for example, that it's not just us as physios or it's not just doctors and nurses, and we know that there are other people that, uh, you know, make up this system, this this structure. I feel selfish about that, Ash. You know, I feel like, and I know I've had a conversation with, uh, with Jack about private medical insurance and how we've dealt with in that space. And at the time when I had that conversation with Jack, Somebody commented and said that they felt that physiotherapy had low self-esteem, you know, in terms of how we charged and, and insurance companies repeatedly knocking down the price, right? And, and bear with me as I make this point. I feel like some of that has happened because we haven't been visible and because we haven't made that our, our presence known, but also our value and contribution to society, that whether we work privately or not, is definitely paramount to a lot of things. And for me, the pandemic has made physiotherapy flourish in so many ways because of that. So it's not to say that anybody's more important or less important, but I think that when you get that opportunity to shine, you should be taking it. And for, for me, from a physiotherapy point of view, I'm flowering, I want to blossom, I want that opportunity and I want that opportunity whether it's you in the BBC, uh, whether it's Uzo or uh, Chris Marty or um, we recently had a piece on the BBC News, um, somebody from the CSP BAME network, I can't remember their name, I actually don't care who it is in terms of as long as they they've got the right message and that cohesion is there i think that this is the time when we get the opportunity to shine you know you don't go onto a train and see an advert for a physiotherapist or stand at a bus stop and see an advert for a physiotherapist and we still have as, as uh, i know lucy explored yesterday in the sort of sexism type of thing but but the fact where the notion for a physio is that you know running onto a football pitch with a sponge and a bucket of water you know so to me in order for us to change these narratives we need to be seen you know and even if that then means that the general public is then challenging you know what we do how we do it I think that that is fine um some some kind of ability for me is better than none and if it's negative to start with let's say it is negative you are then in a position to check to influence that and change it you know I do think that there's the the scope for us within our our profession to to, to do that but I, I will get off my soapbox a little bit about that but but that point for me is fundamental we haven't had that platform before
1: yeah yeah think. no absolutely yeah absolutely and, and like you say that i apologize if you can hear my dog barking as well um mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the um i i totally agree we need the platform and and as as damaging as COVID has been, and as much as I'd wished, it would never have happened. Um, you know, it, it does provide an opportunity for the public to understand physiotherapy in context outside of, um, you know, running onto a football pitch or a rugby pitch with a, with a magic sponge. Uh, and, and I used to do that, so I'm not being disparaging to those sports physios that do that. You know, I used to work in in, in sport, and it's it's an important part of the profession, Um but it's not the only part of the profession and we need to work to try and change that perception that there's lots of different areas of physiotherapy. Um, and, and that's a future workforce thing as well. You know, we want to inspire a generation of, of of kids to be physios. You know, I'm not I'm not sure my kids would understand what a physio was if I wasn't one, um, you know, and, and, and that's important. But they all know what a doctor and a nurse is. Um, so I think you're absolutely right that 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 visibility is fundamental and again that's about having the right people in the positions in the media like you say you know you're not bothered who who goes for those things and I think you know if if physios or healthcare professionals are getting into the media for self-promotion or or to, to 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 further their own career then for me that that's when they might start saying things that, that just to please the media or just to get a story or just to get, just to get exposure for, for them as an individual um and I, and I think we should avoid that where possible you know we want people involved who are passionate about health public health Understand. messaging passionate, passionate about yeah. evidence-based medicine um and, and making sure that people get the right information when they need it you know do, do we always get it right absolutely not no, no, um, no.
0: um
1: but you know it, it's important that we we try and do that and like you say it's about the people that are involved being the right people as well
0: and and this is this is really you know you touched on a a really fundamental point for me here you spoke about you know if people are doing it you know for their own self if you like and then that message they're almost changing their opinion or their viewpoint because of they want publicity so there are a few things in there for me number one we're not most of the time we're not paid to do these pieces and and more often than not we're called at short notice when I was on um BBC News for Sky it was like you know one o'clock can you do it 1.30 get my get my afro out good to go yeah three two one and it was like that and we don't get no and it's true and, and some of the times I don't get to know that those things are visible until one of my patients says I've just eaten on Sky News or I've just read a a piece and your name comes up in the Times, and you didn't tell anyone you were going to do that. I'm like, man, they said it was potentially going to be aired or, or published at this point, but there was no no guarantee. So we're, we're not paid, m- most of us. The other thing I will say about it is this: as clinicians, who, and and there may be people who want to dispute me on this, in the NHS, we don't have to go out and get our patients. We don't. Yeah patients are referred to us. When you work privately and you have to go out and earn that bread and butter, the way that that looks is, is different, right? But what I would challenge to everyone, and this is in any line of work, is to consider that everything you do, you are technically building your personal brand. So if you started at the bottom, I was a physio assistant, let's say. Everything you do, decisions that you make within your career to move up, to graduate, to work in a team of people, you know, you're now with a, a big national responsibility for the allied health professionals that you, you work with, doctors and nurses. All of that defines your personal brand, you know. So if you contribute to a piece, for example, that is a bit controversial, your somebody who is loud, outspoken, rude, and abrupt. All of these things are making up your personal brand. And I would challenge everyone, particularly because media platforms are so visible now. You know, if you go to apply for a job, I can look you up on Facebook, I can look you up on LinkedIn, I can look you up on Twitter, and you might have a look on LinkedIn that looks like that, you know, a look on Twitter that looks like that, you know, all of these things have been put together then by potential employers. But I think that when we then end up being in the, the public eye or, or being in a public face, public, you know, public face, we must remember that we are also defining some of our personal brand in terms of what we said, who we've chosen to then publish with. And we must not be afraid to say no when we think that something doesn't work for us, when we don't think it's going to be positive, you know, because that also can be absolutely damaging to your to your personal brand. So that's
1: kind of some of the what I got out of what you were talking about just then. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, and, and and you know, I think you're absolutely right in that. You know, whatever we do, we we are contributing towards our personal brand, whether we whether we like it or not. But I think it if if that's not the prime intention, I think that's the that's the important thing for me. You know, I'm, I'm not totally unaware that every time I do something on the media, it does contribute towards my personal brand. But that's not why I'm doing it. That's a consequence of it um, oh, yes. rather than yes. it rather than it being the, the the main reason for doing it. So oh, I think yes. that's that that's the that's the important thing, I think, for me, is is the angle that you're you're coming from in those situations.
0: Oh, yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Like you say, uh, by default, I, I think I agree with you. I just hopped over to the to the comment section uh, hi to Jo Turner, Jo Turner has been, I don't know Jo, um, but I know she's coming on at some point this week. She's been a real uh, supporter of some of my work, so thank you Joe. thanks for joining us. Um, somebody says nice, no, they're a Facebook user, I think Jack mentioned yesterday that if you don't give us the permissions, we actually cannot, um, we can't say who you are, which is a shame really. Bernadette Johnson says, um, she says, playing devil's advocate what sort of society would we have if there were no physios what role does physio play in healthcare that good quality info on the internet can't any thoughts around that she says she's playing uh, devil's advocate. yeah that
1: that, that that is a devil's advocate question isn't it um Two
0: parts, well, right?
1: Two parts. yeah so Where to even start with that? So, yeah, I I think um, that let's so from a musculoskeletal point of view, if we take musculoskeletal conditions, because that's my lane, that's what that's what I know. There are certainly a certain proportion. There are certainly a certain proportion of those conditions that can be self-managed and often um, probably never even get to physio because they might read something on the Internet and and self-manage sufficiently. It might be a physio, initial physio appointment that points them towards self-management and then they're able to do that. I do think we should do much more of that. And, and I think we do overcomplicate things and overmedicalise things sometimes and people stay in healthcare for much longer than they should. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I don't value physiotherapy as a profession. You know, I think what sort of society we have, we don't have any physios or what role does it play? Um, I think there's a few things as a profession that we should be... Uh, Hanging our hat on uh, and and um, you know really being advocates for in society. One is um, rehabilitation. We we are the go-to experts for um, exercise therapy and rehabilitation, and we should be. Most people can't do that from the internet. You know, understanding exercise prescription as well as the psychology around exercise adherence um, is a really complicated thing, and I don't think everyone can do that on their own. Um, Mm. And I think as as a profession we should be and could be experts in that and driving that uh, and being the go-to people for that which we should be um the other thing which is uh, uh you know very close to my heart is work you know i think physios uh, and can can play a really key role uh, particularly now with new fcp roles and us being in primary care a little bit more um, yeah. and certainly from a private practice point of view we can be real advocates for facilitating people back to work I think that adds massive value um, to society. Um, I, I think what sort of society would we live in if, if there were no physios? Um, I think there would be uh, a lot more people in a lot of pain, uh, a lot more people with less function. Um, and, and I think we do a brilliant job at facilitating those things for people. So I think we've got a really important part to play in society. And, and we, we, Can we be better? Absolutely. Um, should we stop doing it? Absolutely not.
0: I, I I love this this question because actually um, you know when I was growing up I didn't know I didn't know any physios my gymnastics coach was trained to be an osteopath at the time and when I think about the patients that I treat now there's a lot of you're welcome Bernadette um, there were a lot of patients you know if I didn't know about it then there would have been people who didn't know about it either right and what I I w- would say about physios is that without realising a lot of us are really good mindset coaches you know in terms of people's perception about pain explaining people's pain to them and that's not necessarily with an msk bias at all i'm talking about you know the, the the painful arm post the stroke um the pain that might be associated with you know an amputation um and and physios particularly within the nhs are the ones who spend the time with the patients it's valuable cohesive time where we get to collaborate with our patients we're not dictating most of the time we're working alongside with yeah. that patient Absolutely. and i i think that there are a lot of clinicians that don't spend that time and for me without that in our society i don't actually know who else would pick up that role the nurses don't have that time the doctors certainly don't and so other allied health professions already have additional responsibilities. um yeah. so after
1: the sorry yeah go on <laughs> sorry no i was just going to say yeah i think you're absolutely right and f- for me w- w- you've hit the nail on the head there in that the, the the primary function of physiotherapy in society is to return people back to function whether that's from a whether that's a musculoskeletal point of view respiratory or neurological tree. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, we're, we're, our primary function is uh, our primary goal is to return people back to function. And, and, and we're the people with the expertise to do that, whether that's exercise rehabilitation, um, you know, uh, looking at people's um, psychological well-being around a musculoskeletal condition, whether that's helping someone return to work. You know, there's, there's yeah. signposting someone in an FCP clinic to make sure they're in front of the right person. There's lots of ways that we can do it, but our, our job is to facilitate people back to function in Definitely. in any way that we can.
0: And and the second part of that question, which is why we haven't you know drifted from it in relation to what we're talking about today, physiotherapy in the public eye, the internet you know is a wonderful thing in terms of being able to provide information about a host of different things, but the internet does not know you, cannot see you, and the and and the 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 value of somebody understanding your situation in its entirety or understanding the history of injuries and things that you've had before in terms of your medical health definitely definitely do matter you can have a beautiful piece of information on the internet that should relate to you but because you've got a neurological condition uh, a long-term condition This information does not relate to you. And then we've got the situation that when you do go to your physiotherapist, we now have to unpick some of that work before we can really get into the the heart of our work. Well, any advice, um, Ash, for people who would like to do, because some people might want to do stuff that's more local to them in terms of um, social media publications. Have you got any advice to, to people who might be thinking about that in the future as we round up here?
1: Yeah, I, I think just put yourself forward. You know, John Ryan and his team at the CSP are brilliant, but you don't have to go through the CSP. Um, I think if you're passionate about public health messaging, then there's lots of local newspapers you can get in touch with, local radio stations. You know, if there's any anything particularly topical that comes up that you think is relevant for physiotherapy, um, then, then just try and get involved. Um, but I think it's important that you do it for the right reasons and, and, are, and are passionate about how you deliver the message as well as what the message is
0: beautiful I've absolutely loved having you on this show and I I think that this will be um, this will probably be the first of many even if it's just in terms of this topic or possibly bringing you back ash if you wanted to come back I'm so passionate about this publication side of things for the profession because I think that this this visibility really then shows potential you know up-and-coming physiotherapists and those who are thinking about it that our, our value our importance significance in the society today and I'm really you know I think that the consequence of that is really about building our our value both financially but also to, to the society justifying our means as maintaining the health of this profession which is something I'm so so passionate about so a massive thank you um for joining us i hope that you keep doing some you know some great work and keep sharing it with us um i have actually added a couple of links and some of them to the bbc for publications that you and i have done or you've done on your own or some that um, relate to physios and i hope that people will check them out but in the meantime thank you so much ash take care look after yourself stay safe and uh thank you
1: thank you very much
0: (laughs) that's all from me i'm running one minute over um, is that full time management or did I just feel like I had so much to say? Um, I just can't thank you enough for joining me. I hope that when I come back on next month, the questions will just keep rolling in. I love getting your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions about what we're talking about. Really drives the passion for me. I'm Leanne Antoine. I am from Distinct Physiotherapy here as a guest host on Jack Two's Chewing It Over. I say I'm the open win free of healthcare and I look forward to seeing you in four weeks' time. Take care and wish you all the very, very best.